Good morning, Pet Appreciators. Good morning, Twin Cities, and welcome to the Pet Connection Show here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. I hope that you're having a super weekend. I know I am. Crazy busy, but um, no complaints. You know, no complaints over here. Dr. Nicole is joining us here on the show uh, this morning. I want to say good morning to you, Dr. Nicole. How are you? Good morning. Doing well, doing well. There's a crazy loud storm roaring through here, but we're doing okay. (laughs) Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I just started. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> like, what's happening? So you've got a storm rumbling through your area. I'm sorry. Are you up at your clinic or are you at your home? Yep, I'm home. You're home. Well, I sure hope you, everything is safe. Just let me know if you need to, like, take cover and go in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so, good. All right, all right. Yeah, I know that there's a little bit of... In, uh, um, I haven't paid too much attention to the weather, but I know that there's storms kind of coming in and out here of the throughout the day and so we just hope everybody stays safe of course um which actually you know just just to start off the show pet appreciators not to spend an awful lot of time on it unless anybody wants to call in and add to it but you know it's it's during these times of like storms um although the twin cities isn't in one right at this moment but um you know just some rain and rain clouds and stuff like that but you know it's we think about what are we going to do you know, how are we going to handle things in a crisis if, you know, bad weather or something else kind of comes up? And so it's these kind of times when when we do experience uh, a little more difficult weather that I think or I hear about it on the news somewhere else. And I think, hmm, what is my emergency plan for all my pets? What is my emergency plan for myself? And I don't have any young children at home anymore, but you know what I mean? Just It's just a good time um, just to keep that in the back of your mind. Do you have all the supplies that you need? Do you have enough medication for your pets If in case something does come up? Um, you don't have to worry about trying to fill a prescription um, during some sort of a weather crisis or something like that. So, you know, do, you, do your friends and family have all the, you know, right... Um, emergency contact numbers for you? Do you know where your local hotels or motels or, you know, Airbnbs or whatever that would accept pets just in case you do need to move out for a short time? Gosh, I'm talking like there's something really bad going to happen, but but I'm not, but but that's not it. I'm just saying it's just these kind of times where um, it's just a good idea to keep that all in mind. You know, do you have extra food maybe bagged up in the trunk of your car? You know, I don't know nutrition-wise how long that stays, but I would assume if it's sealed properly, maybe, you know, a good two or three months. Do you have extra water bowls, bottles of water, you know, that kind of thing. So um, not uh, not bad, you know, to kind of keep that in mind. So just wanted to say that. I don't think I've sent out a reminder, and I don't know if I've reminded myself lately either. Um, and I'm sure, like Dr. Nicole, who's at a clinic, they have their own prepare um you know, emergency preparedness plans, you know, for your clinic. And then I'm, I'm assuming for your shelter too, right, Nicole? Well, I mean, we we don't really have, you know, like our actual, we don't have a shelter, but we just have a, a few cats that are at the clinic waiting for foster homes. And so, um, yeah, there's there's a plan of, you know, if there's something happens, you know, there's a place where everybody meets. And we've all said that everybody grabs a cat. Right. (laughs) That's about (laughs) as organized as we are just because we're a smaller area. But yeah, those larger shelters and such, I can imagine they have quite advanced plans in the works. I would imagine. And, you know, I want to stay along the lines of of shelters right now, just because I, I read something in the news this morning that I found to be very, very upsetting on all kinds of levels, um, too many levels to even t- talk about, but um, or get into. But you know, emergency plans are are fantastic and necessary, but so are plans for regular upkeep. You know, for safety, um, and even if things are working well within within your own home or if you do volunteer work at a shelter or you're part of a rescue group or part of a clinic, you know, even though things might be going along smoothly, I don't think it's a bad idea to kind of play devil's advocate and just kind of challenge yourself a little bit more and just say, well, you know, how long is this fencing going to last, you know, that's in our yard? How long, you know, can we go before we need to paint again or you know, whatever, whatever. But, you know, is is the latches on the fences still working pretty well? You know, I, as a business owner with animals, you know, I think about that stuff all the time. It's impossible 
to be perfect, even though I start each day with the expectation that I will exceed perfection, I have yet to make it, but I still wake up that day every every morning thinking, got to be perfect, you know, that, that kind of pressure. But I don't necessarily mind it because most of the time it keeps me with safety in the forefront, you know. Um, and so I, you know, I, I, I don't mind that, but it's on my mind right now because of what I read in the news. And maybe you read it too, you know, on the internet. Um, and I saw it on cbsnews.com. And unfortunately, there's a, a, just a county, Animal Humane Society, county shelter, you know, a humane society. No, not a humane society, just a county shelter somewhere in Alabama. And um, it sounds like they're pretty busy most of the time, and like probably many other county shelters. And unfortunately, they had taken in um, a couple pit bulls, and they probably didn't know a lot about them, but they had taken them in on Wednesday. And I don't know what time of day or whatever, but on Thursday morning when the staff came back, they found that the two pits had escaped and um, had broken into the area where the cats are and doesn't sound like they were all crated or or whatever that they were more free roaming and they came to a situation where the pitbulls had killed 29 cats in their rescue and I just think oh my god you know I can't imagine being the person walking in you know and um into that situation and just you know I just can't imagine that and so, you know, I feel terrible for what they're going through. I feel bad because, you know, so much of what they talked about on the little news clip and then what I was able to read was just that their shelter just is incredibly outdated, you know, physically outdated in terms of keeping the animals safe. And so, you know, right away to me, you know, I'm not going to blame anybody um, but it's one of those things that we're all we, we can all be guilty of in small ways of just not um, always planning ahead and for safety stuff. And then in their situation and in many other situations, it's like you're strapped sometimes because of resources. You know, if there's only so many so much resources to go around, you don't have a choice. You have to just make do with what you have. And um and that's not really anybody's fault, you know. It's just sometimes that happens. And it sounds like that's what happened in this situation where, you know, the the uh, shelter just kept getting put on the back burner in terms of funding. And, you know, they're, they were just – and, you know, their equipment was definitely outdated. And then, um, you know, I, I would think, too, maybe they didn't have some sort of a camera system or a, a – a staff person could view it from their phone, you know, every 15, 20 minutes or whatever and just see what's going on at the shelter. Is everybody still sleeping? Because that could have been a prevention thing too. But technology is expensive, no doubt. But, um, but you know, the, the, the two pits, and I'm not saying every pit is is like this or that another breed couldn't do this. You know, um, dogs are dogs. Um and sometimes there's that pack mentality, which can be a little scary. But anyways, they were able to, you know, that they were kept like in a room, but it was a chain link fence room inside. And they were able to use their jaws and pop probably their claws a little bit, but mostly their jaws, I would think, in their teeth to take that fencing, you know, like a fence, chain link fence, rip that part away from the metal bars that hold it together, you know, molded together. They were able to rip that out and just get out that way. And that that must be how they got into the cat area unless they were able, unless that area maybe wasn't. No, they they had to have somehow pried open that because they got into the cat area. I was thinking that maybe the fence wasn't quite as high, but that would be ridiculous because cats can jump probably a lot higher than dogs. But anyways, 29 cats mauled in very, very sad situation. And, um, but certainly don't want to put the blame on anybody now, you know, it's like you got to figure out how to move forward, ask for help. And, um, and that's kind of where I wanted to end it right here before we go into our first commercial break. But geez, you know, if anybody has, you know, some 
warm, caring thoughts they want to call down there and and just give them some emotional support. Um, I'm sure at some point they might need some financial support. Um, And I don't know if there's anybody that would even want to do that. But, you know, from up here, but, you know... I'm also thinking that sometimes, because I would assume, you know, eventually they'd prioritize the funding from from their own resources down there. But sometimes things that we've learned as pet owners or with rescue groups or whatever experience we have, you know, sometimes we can just offer them really solid suggestions, um, maybe tips on where to get technology at a lower price, maybe offering to install and help set up the the technology. Um, you know, once they get it purchased. But those are all things that we can do here in Minnesota as well. You know, just checking in with local shelters, um, especially the ones that are more outlying that might not have as many resources as the the cities right here, you know, right here in Minneapolis, St. Paul. You know, just kind of checking in, you know, um, do animal shelters and police stations, I forget what they're called, temporary animal shelters and police stations. Do they have what they need? You know, um, yeah, so if you're sort of in a giving mood, whether it's financially or emotionally or just with your knowledge, you know, why not share it and help everybody in some small way improve the conditions of the these animals and, and the work conditions of the people that have to deal with them? You know, who knows? These, these dogs were brought in, and they only know them for one day. How can you know their temperament and all that kind of stuff? And, of course, they're stressed. Who knows when they last ate? Um it's just a all-around super, super sad situation. But anyways, uh, more topics to come after the commercial break. Please stay with us, pet appreciators. Hi, this is Evelyn. Dad, don't make me do what you made Charlie do. You want to drive, right? Fine. My dad is cooler than all YouTube and Instagram celebrities combined. Matt McNeil. That's lit. Whatever. I'm getting ready to start my behind-the-wheel driver's training, and my dad says the only vehicles he wants me learning in are Toyotas. Fine with me, because I love them, too. The vehicles I trust for my young children are the vehicles I trust for their own driving adventure. It's safety and security you can't beat. Test drive a fantastic Toyota today at Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 west of the downtown in Golden Valley. Hi, Gregory Rich, founder and chief at Habitation Furnishing and Design, and now I'd like to invite you to kill your Sunday evenings with me right here on AM 950 with Drinkin' the Style. It's a one-hour-long conversation about interior design, art, architecture, and pretty much anything else, visual and aesthetic, all while enjoying some booze handcrafted by our friends at Gianni's Steakhouse in downtown Wyzetta. Can you think of a better way to spend Sunday evenings? Drink in the style, Sundays, 5 p.m. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Give your vehicle a spot-free shine with Turtle Wax Ice Wash and Wax. On sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts for just $4.99. That's a 50% savings. For an unbeatable shine, just wash, rinse, and dry with Turtle Wax Ice Wash and Wax. Just $4.99 at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Total Dog Company has a great rewards program. It's called the Frequent Barker Card. You earn punches on the card based on the amount you spend. One punch for every $10. After you get 12 punches, you can redeem the card for $10 off a purchase. Everything we sell qualifies, so you get points and use points on things you really want. The Frequent Barker Program at Total Dog Company in New Hope, right off of 169 at 9432 36th Avenue North and at TotalDogCompany.com. Hi, this is Ken Hagland, host of Living Healthy and Aging Well, inviting you to listen to our new show airing on Saturdays from noon to one, where we talk about your health and your life and provide insights to living and aging well. Each week, we provide answers to important questions regarding health care, elder care, end-of-life care, and caregiver support to help you and your loved ones plan for the future and enjoy your highest quality of life today. Please join us every Saturday from noon to one for Living Healthy and Aging Well. Hello, fellow AM950 listeners. This is Jason from Nightingale at 26 in Lindale. Come experience our delicious signature dishes and exciting rotation of inventive seasonal fare for my wife and chef, Carrie, and her team. Nightingale is the perfect place to gather for any occasion with our extensive wine, beer, and cocktail selection, along with our dedication to great service. We offer a full menu every day from 4 to 1 a.m., two award-winning daily happy hours and weekend brunch at 10. More at nightingalempls.com. 
sticking with us, pet appreciators. And if you're just joining us, you're listening to the Pet Connection Show here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Dr. Nicole is with us. Um, so if you have any medical questions, other questions or comments as well um, are always welcome. But it would be a good um, a good time to call in if you have any medical questions. Um, Dr. Nicole is with us a couple Saturdays. Nope couple Sundays a month. So now now would be a good time. 952-946-6205. Again, the call-in number is 952-946-6205. I know I have a couple medical things that I'd like to touch on, but before we do, I would love to get an update on a couple cats that came into her rescue. Pretty serious surgeries were needed, but they're both hanging in there. And um, a couple weeks ago, we touched base on, on their improvement, and I'm well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking they're both hanging in there. So, Dr. Nicole, give us an update. I think one of them was cream puff or pastry puff or something, and then the other one was scout. <laughs> yes, so cream puff um, is the kitty that came to us with the broken jaw in two places. And she um, went to Blue Pearl, and they did a like a wiring of her jaw, and then they placed some dental bonding material so that her canines were kind of bonded together so that her mouth was in you know a permanently open state or fixed state um, for six weeks. Um, and last week she went in and had everything removed and everything has healed beautifully and she's eating normally and I saw her do a nice big yawn the other day. Oh, wow. you know, she's grooming herself. Yeah, so she's back to you know having a normal life and it's just amazing, super, super amazing. Um, you know, what, what those surgeons and dentists can do. We're just so thankful for them. Oh, so I know. Now, yeah, it's, just, it's crazy. It's been, it's, it was a long, long road, but she did it. She was just a trooper the whole time. And um, so now she's going to be looking for a foster home or a forever home. So we're happy about that. And how old is Cream Puff again? Uh, she's eight, eight she's years old. Eight years old. And then what kind of a cat is she? She's like a tiny little petite girl. She's about six and a half pounds. Um, just a little orange tabby. She's a, like a diluted kind of a buff colored orange tabby. Super, super cute. She's one of those kitties that, you know, if you go anywhere, she needs to follow you. If you bend over to get something, she jumps on your back. You know, she's just <laughs> such a sweet little girl. <laughs> so we're, we're excited for her to start her new life here. Oh, that's, that's super. And, yeah, and then Scout, he's sitting right by me here. He has a big day tomorrow. He's going to have his surgery finally um, to repair or actually constrict that liver shunt. So they'll go in and place a little band on the, the shunted vessel, and it slowly, slowly, slowly closes it over time. And, you know, that allows then the blood that would be coming from, you know, his intestinal tract or his pancreas and all of that, It'll, it'll then go to the liver where it should have been going in the first place um, to be detoxified because that's what the liver does is it detoxifies the blood that passes through it. Um, and so he'll hopefully do super well and super, super nervous, kind of in and out of crying <laughs> today. <laughs> um, but I think he'll, he'll do great. He, um, he has a wonderful surgeon. It's the same surgeon that did Petrie's procedure, if we remember Petrie, the little German Shepherd, um, at you know AERC in Oakdale. So they're really wonderful. They all love him so much. And um, the scariest part about this is the three days after surgery. So he'll have to stay hospitalized for three days um, because with the changes of the pressures and the changes of you know the shunt and all that, um, they can actually go into like a, a seizuring episode that can be fatal if you can't get it to stop. And so we're going to leave him there for the full three days. He'll be on like a 24-7 seizure watch, um, medications and all of that. And then, you know, at day, or hour 72, he'll be able to, to come back, come back here and hopefully do well. So we're excited, but we're also nervous. <laughs> but um, I think he's going to do just fine. It's It's his only chance, you know, to have a normal life someday, so... It's tomorrow. <laughs> right. Tomorrow is the beginning to see if he can ha have a normal life or whatever. Yeah. Oh, God. Yep. Yep. I'm nervous he's too now. Here, just a cute <laughs> little bugger. Yeah. He's he's done so well. You know, we've, we he came to us in May when these people found him outside and he was not able to walk. So they just rushed him into the clinic and 
you know, right away we were like, oh, did he get into a toxin or something? Because he was very kind of neurologic. And um, then he started having seizures and he was hospitalized at AERC for a few days. Um, he had an MRI and an ultrasound and that's how they found the liver shunt, which is quite rare. You know, I've never had a case of this in my, you know, almost a decade of being a vet. Um, and you know, it's very, very rare in cats. Um, the surgeon, you know, he's done about eight to 10 of them only in kitties. And the good news is he's never had one of those fatal seizure episodes when he's done it in cats. So I'm trying to take that as a good sign, <laughs> but um, he has seen it in dogs. So we're just, we're just nervous, but we're also, you know, knowing that this is what we have to do. And, um, you know, we've prepped him really well. He's been on, you know, his seizure medication every eight hours, he's been on antibiotics every 12 hours, and then he gets a lactulose, which is a stool softener. Um, and what it does is it prevents the ammonia levels in his blood from going high, thus causing him to have seizures and things like that. So, you know, he's he's done really well. He's gained like two to three pounds, and he's just sitting here like a normal little kitty, biting my toes and being naughty. <laughs> Right, right. And hopefully there's, after the surgery and the recovery, there's many more of those days of, of uh, the kitty, kitty naughtiness behavior. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, I'm going to be sitting on pins and needles right there with you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thanks. Thank goodness he has another chance, though. And um, Exactly. Yeah. And like you said, there's, there's no, I mean, this is, this is just it. When you were talking about all the different medications, um. You know, I was thinking to myself, you know, his body is like this chemistry experiment, you know, like everything has to be perfectly well balanced. And of course our bodies do, you know, but, um, but this, you know, there's no room for error kind of. And, um, but he's, it's, um, it's amazing that there's all those procedures and medications, surgeries, et cetera, out there that you can do this, you know? Yeah, Exactly. Oh my gosh. That stunt thing though confuses me a tiny bit because in my mind when you say stunt, I don't know why, but I think of a piece of metal. That's not what it is, right? Or is it? Well, it's a shunt, so S H. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um but um so basically what it is is, you know, in during development, that little piece of tissue you know, shouldn't have developed. So this is a congenital problem that he was born with. And, um, and you know, basically all the blood has just flown through that vessel and it shouldn't be because it's bypassing the liver where it needs to go. And so the hope is by putting in this little band, it's like a little, um, I've never actually seen one, but I, um, the surgeon sent me the paper of kind of like what they look like. And it looks kind of like a little metal band that just slowly constricts over time. And so when, you know, when that's been occluded, the blood flow will have no choice but to go through the correct channel, you know, the correct vessel, you know, and go through his liver and then his liver will finally be able to start working, um, you know, to detoxify everything and things like that. So it is really, it's crazy. I mean, it's very strange. And it just, you know, looking at this from the time of him coming in and all the diagnostic tests and the journey to get here, it's just it's kind of crazy. Um, you know, we have another case right now, one of my technicians. And I'm going to have to that. just interrupt oh, sure. you real quick yep. just because we're going right into a commercial break. But we'll start right back with your thoughts on the other side. Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association and Powderhorn Park are thrilled to invite you to the Powderhorn Art Fair. Shop hundreds of local and regional artists on serene Powderhorn Lake. Taste foods from local food trucks and enjoy exploring the Powderhorn community. Considered the best regionally juried art fair for nearly three decades, it takes place right in South Minneapolis in picture-perfect Powderhorn Park. The Powderhorn Park Art Fair begins Saturday, August 3rd and runs through Sunday, August 4th. Join the fun from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. The success of the art fair comes from Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association's long-standing collaboration with the Minneapolis Park and Recreation Board. And a portion of the proceeds support youth programming at Powderhorn Park. There'll be over 200 artists, 20 food trucks, and great fun at Powderhorn Park. The Powderhorn Park Art Fair begins Saturday, August 3rd and runs through Sunday, August 4th. For more information on the art fair, go to ppna.org. That's ppna.org. 
Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces is having its annual store-wide sale. For the entire month of July, all of our indoor and outdoor fireplace products and accessories are at their lowest price of the year. At Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, we display, explain, and install the Twin Cities' most diverse selection of indoor and outdoor stoves and fireplaces, including metal and masonry pizza ovens. While shopping for a fireplace insert at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, I was amazed at all the choices. Not just gas, electric, or wood-burning, but also built-in or freestanding and options in every style from antique to modern. The staff listened to us, explained the options, and helped us choose a fireplace we love. Now it warms our hearts and our home every winter. Thank you, Woodland Stoves, for a great addition. Come see us. We have over 35 working displays in our store, which is just off I-94 at the corner of Riverside and East Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, since 1977, out of the ordinary products and services to make fire work for you. Racial tension is popping up in unexpected places, but it doesn't have to be that way. Maybe we can reduce the awkwardness and the tension. What can we do? Join us at Shepherd of the Hill Church of Chaska on Tuesday, July 30th at 7 p.m. for a one-hour talk with Jamila Anderson, a nationwide diversity trainer and teacher. Her presentation, Empathy and Equity, provides valuable tools for those who want to de-escalate the tension in any conversation, like in the Chaska School District. This is part of the Tuesday Dialogue series at Shepherd of the Hill Church of Chaska, a progressive congregation that teaches Dr. King. The Big Red Rockers out front, 145 Angler Boulevard and Highway 41. I'm your host, Pastor Dean J. Seal. Free and open to the public, co-sponsored by residents organized against racism and AM950. Find us on Facebook or at chaskachurch.org. Again, that's Tuesday, July 30th at 7 p.m. Be there. Aloha. With your AM950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Today we could have showers with a high near 82. While tonight will stay rainy, the low around 64. Tomorrow mostly sunny with a high near 76. Tuesday sunny with a high near 76. And Wednesday sunny with a high near 79. We've had some strong storms with damaging hail come through the Twin Cities recently. Trust the locally owned Snap Construction for a free, thorough property inspection. Their staff knows the process well and has handled thousands of insurance claims. Free inspection 612-333-SNAP or check them out online at snapconstruction.com. Welcome back, Pet Appreciators. Welcome back to the Pet Connection Show here on AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Uh, it's Kathy Menard here, your host, along with Dr. Nicole, your, your our guest, uh, our co-host. Um, and thanks again for, for joining us here on Sunday morning. You know, slightly stormy, slightly rainy Sunday morning. But anyways, I wanted to hear you know, the rest of what Dr. Nicole was talking about um, regarding the shunt, the liver shunt for that, that little cat. Um, and then I... So, so it sounds like, Nicole, my question about it being metal, it really is kind of a metal piece. Yep, the band that they are going to place, it looks to me like a little metal, like a little metal like circle that just slowly constricts over time. Um, it's called an amaroid constrictor, so I have to look into it more. But, um, but yeah, it's certainly what it looks like. <laughs> I've never touched one or held it or anything like that, but does it stay yeah. in there forever then? Yep. Okay. All right. Yep. yep. And then you were going to mention one more thing. So, so go right ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to mention that we had another kitty come in. Um, one of my technicians cats that actually presented with similar signs to scout. And so it was just, uh, just kind of an interesting chain of events on how, you know, it's like, this is something that I haven't seen in my career yet. But then after dealing with him, you know, then seeing my technician's cat, they had such similar clinical signs, but she's a 10 year old cat. And so we don't know if she has like an acquired type of liver shunt or if there's something else wrong with her liver, but she's basically on the same meds as Scout now, you know, the antibiotics, the um, low protein diet, and then the, um, the stool softener. And she's just, drastically better so it's just crazy you know how this field it's like it's like you you see one you learn one you know it's just it's crazy um and granted we were assisted by you know referral centers and things like that but i mean it just goes to show how rare some of this stuff is you know that in almost 10 years i haven't had a case um, of one we always 
talk about them and we always test for them, you know, if liver values are elevated and things like that. But I've just never had a case where there's actually been a confirmed one. Um, I almost fell off my chair when they called me on the phone to tell me that that's what it was. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so that kitty, my technician's cat is going to have an ultrasound this, this upcoming week just to kind of see, you know, does she have a shunt or does she have something else going on with her liver that her liver is just not able to detoxify everything in her body. So it's just kind of crazy how it worked out so close together. No kidding. Yeah. But everything is fresh in your mind, too. You know, when you have. Yeah. 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 So in some ways, that's uh, somewhat of a blessing. What about um, the German Shepherd puppy, Petrie? Is he still just (laughs) growing and and recovering and no looking back now on everything that he went through? Yep. No looking back for him. Such an amazing procedure. Um, Yeah. He's about probably... 55 pounds or so. He was with me for a couple of days a couple of weeks ago and um, so much fun to see him. He's just such a good boy. He doesn't um, doesn't need any what we call upright time. And so dogs with mega esophagus um, like he had before, you know, they need to eat kind of standing up um, almost like they're on like a, a ladder. You know, you put their food up on like the on a step stool or something. So they have to stand there and eat so that the food, you know, gravity is there to help their food go down their esophagus. So he has none of that. He just eats in one of those maize dishes, um, you know, about four cups a day, um, no regurgitation, no issues there, no issues with water. I mean, he's, I'm just blown away by this procedure and makes me sad, you know, to hear that people do euthanize some of these dogs. Um, obviously because, you know, the surgery is so expensive um, or they are scared that it's not going to work. But I mean, it's, I just, I'm just blown away by how well he did. I mean, he, he went from just a complete special needs, you know, puppy that we were so sure wasn't going to make it to just this big, healthy, normal German Shepherd, you know, with no restrictions. So it's just like, I, like I said before, the things the surgeons can do is just phenomenal. Yeah, it sure sounds like it. It's so exciting to hear about it. And, you know, most of us aren't in those situations, but some of us will be, you know, with our pets. Yep. And it's so comforting to to hear all these success stories. It doesn't mean that everyone will be, of course, but um, it, it's just medicine is exciting. And um, I'm just so grateful for the advances. And I just uh, keep hoping that in the veterinarian field, additional advances will keep coming forward, especially with things like cancer Um and just, um, yeah, just to keep on pace with, with what's going on with people and, um, you know, the research and that kind of thing, too, and the funding for that, because animals really matter. They're such a big part of our lives. So, but, you know, we often, I'm going to switch topics here, um, just because it's one that, you know, um, again, just because you're on every couple of weeks, I try to get some of my questions in there, too, uh, Dr. Nicole. So totally switching topics off of the specific health things that you were talking about and off of cats and dogs. And I don't know if you'll be able to answer this or, or give some insight or whatever, but I was in a conversation and, um, and you know, the, the woman I was confirming or speaking with, you know, said that her son was having a hard time and she kind of confided why, just because she knew that I work with animals. And she said, you know, he's had a pet hedgehog that he keeps in a cage and he's had it for four years. And this was a maybe three or four weeks ago we had this conversation. And and apparently the, the young man wanted to get a ferret, too, and he would keep that in the cage. And the day, the day he brought the ferret home, the hedgehog, hedgehog immediately became sick. They didn't have any, any interactions with each other. And, um, and... She was showing me a video, which I found. I, I was just in one of those situations where she sh- showed me the video. I didn't realize what I was going to see. But it was basically the hedgehog losing oxygen and dying. And it just broke my heart. And she was like, see, you know, he's he's dying now. And I told my son, just let him pass on his own, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, wait a minute. <laughs> Don't you want to run the, the hedgehog to the vet? You know, like I was like, how do you know that it's an oxygen thing? Maybe, I mean, do you want to try to save him? You know, but I think money was an issue there. And, you know, the the woman sharing it with me said she read on the Internet that they, you know, typically last about four years. And he was four years old. And so just kind of let him go. And so he just let him kind of slowly pass away. 
until he did that day. But um, but like, do you, like, was it just sheer coincidence? I know you don't have an answer to this, but sheer coincidence that his perfectly healthy hedgehog started to die the very same day that the ferret moved in. <laughs> um, I'm just sort of like thinking about this in my mind. It just seems like such a strange thing to have happen. You know, you're so happy that you got this new pet and you're devastated because the other one is literally just dying in his cage. Now, is there any, do you know of any, uh, you know, my mind goes everywhere, Dr. Nicole, but I, my first thought was, do, do animals just kind of go into shock when they see or smell other animals in their territory that, you know, they might fear or be uh, unsure of and their body might have a strange reaction to? You know, they didn't come in contact at all and they didn't share cages. I don't even know if they were in the same room. But Or do you think that's just sort of a weird coincidence? I know you don't have an exact answer. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, if they didn't have any contact and the ferret was healthy and things like that, I can't imagine that there was any type of, you know, bacterial component or anything that would affect the hedgehog so rapidly. Um, I'm not sure, you know, that's, yeah, that is hard. And I don't know if they go into shock or anything like that when they're, you know, threatened or afraid or anything like that, but um, sure seems strange sounds very much like a coincidence unfortunately but I guess you know had they brought him in you know it's hard to say you know was it was he just struggling did he get some pneumonia did he need antibiotics was there something else like you said you know is there something they could have done um you know they'd probably have some answers if they had taken him him in um but you know at this point I don't I don't know that's very very sad though my goodness do you often see things like hedgehogs, chinchillas, ferrets. I know there was some sort of, you know, like a little bit of a fad there for a while, many, many years ago of getting them as pets. But is that still fairly, I don't want to say common, but do those types of pets still remain fairly steady, even though they're not very common? Um, And where do people even begin to get food, you know, food for them? I think of rabbits, but I don't necessarily think of and guinea pigs and gerbils and stuff, but I don't necessarily think of hedgehogs, ferrets, and chinchillas. Um, but do you see those types of more exotic or unusual animals in your clinic at all? And are you guys so as we a don't regular veterinarian able to, you know, regular, you know, eight-year trained veterinarian able to, you know, deal with um, more wild animals like that? Or are their health conditions just a little more novel and they should go to someplace like the university or something? Well, we don't see a lot of exotics. So um, the only different animals aside from dogs and cats that we would see on occasion would be a guinea pig or a rabbit, maybe a rat. Um, And so we always recommend that anybody with exotic pets or pocket pets, they call them, um, that they go to, you know, a clinic that specializes in those animals. And there are several of them throughout the metro and even in, you know, the northern metro. Um, So, yeah, I think they're very busy. You know, there's sugar gliders and chinchillas and, um, like, all the things you said, hamsters and, you know, pet rats and things like that. Um, You know, and they're very, very busy practices. I know that they're busy, but we always refer to them just so that they're getting, you know, the best type of care just because we, like I said, we don't see them. And so I think in a pinch, we would try to help them, but we would want to know exactly what we were doing, of course. So it's always best that they go to an exotic veterinarian. Um, as far as food, you know, there's um, all the Petco, Pet, PetSmart, Chuck and Don's, all of the, you know, major pet stores should usually, I think, carry food for any exotic or pocket pet type of animal. Um, they have like in, little enclosures that house things and uh, toys and all different kinds of enrichment and things like that. So that's probably where most people, I would think, get their food and supplies. Is that like a big, a larger chain pet store? Okay. All right. Yeah. It's just been a long time since I've come in contact with that. And I was surprised at the video she was showing me how small a hedgehog is. I, I don't think I've ever seen a hedgehog. Um, I know there's a cartoon way back, you know, 25, 30 years ago about a hedgehog that my son would watch, but 
you know, that um, that's my extent. <laughs> that's my education <laughs> in that area. But it was really small. I I just, yeah. I don't know. They're, they're small. Smaller than a little rabbit, it seemed like. Yeah, I've never, I've seen one. I've never held one or had any real interaction with any of them. They sure look cute, though. Yeah, yeah. And I, um, it's good to know, Dr. Nicole, because uh, I didn't know that there were vets, you know, so many of them. It sounds like there's, you know, at least a handful um, that are, you know, very knowledgeable and, and experienced with these kind of exotic pets. And you called pocket pets. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Interesting term. Um, so anyways, yeah. So uh, it's good to know if anybody's thinking of getting that kind of uh, type of pet, that there's a, a number of veterinarians that can assist in their health and nutrition and, and behavior and all that kind of stuff, adjustment stuff. So, But anyways, good. One more segment coming up, and we are going into commercial break before that segment starts. So we hope that you stay with us, pet appreciators. And again, always feel free to call in 952-946-6205. Please stay with us. Get 50 bucks for your trade-in regardless of condition when you buy new appliances from Warner Stellion. Buy at Warner Stellion and you get our already low price guarantee. Trusted fast free delivery, professional installation, 18 months no interest financing. And now we'll buy your replaced appliances for 50 bucks each. Choose from Minnesota's best appliance selection with friendly specialists who save you time and money. Say goodbye to your tired appliances and get $50 rebates for a limited time at Minnesota's original appliance specialist, Warner Stellion. Tom Hartman here telling you that solar energy isn't just for environmentalists. Switching to all-energy solar is actually perfect for reducing your carbon footprint while also saving money on your monthly electric bill. The fact that solar panels cause no earth-harming emissions while it's producing energy is a bonus. Who in the world could object to that? But they can also help you save money month after month for decades. And they do it with a clean footprint. So go green and start saving money today by visiting allenergysolar.com. Native Ritz Radio is proud to announce we've added an extra hour. Yeah, Chuske, one hour goes by too fast. That's right, Uncle Curtis. I'll have extra time to share important information about our secret animals. And report national and native news from all over the country and Canada. This new hour is sponsored by Robbins Kaplan LLP, dedicated to redefining excellence for high-stakes litigation representation in Indian country. We are awake Do yourself a favor and check out the amazing cuisine of EatLocalMinnesota.com. More than just a website, EatLocalMinnesota.com provides you with the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities. The award-winning Hazel's Northeast combines the feel of a small-town diner with the vibrant nature of its Northeast Minneapolis neighborhood. Whether it's breakfast, lunch, weekend brunch, or dinner, their classically inspired and creatively prepared American comfort food is always made from scratch. Hazel's Northeast at 29th and Johnson in Northeast Minneapolis. EatLocalMinnesota.com The dedicated staff at Nightingale Restaurant take pride in presenting a thoughtful and delicious approach to food and drink, whether you're visiting for dinner, happy hour, or brunch. Their focus on made-from-scratch meals using sustainable and local ingredients is likely to make Nightingale your go-to spot for inspired food and drinks. Nightingale, Lindell and 26th in Minneapolis. I'm Richard R.J. Eskow, and this week on The Zero Hour, we'll be discussing political corruption, Wall Street shenanigans, our corporate overlords, digital dystopia, and maybe throw in a surprise or two as well. All this and more on The Zero Hour every Sunday night from 9 until midnight on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Once again, pet appreciators, thanks for spending part of your Sunday mornings with myself, Kathy Menard, and Dr. Nicole Perrault, um, our wonderful veterinarian on the show here. Um, not too late to call in either, pet appreciators, 952-946-6205. But I'd like to switch the topic a little bit to um, water. Um, and, uh, and and before I do that, um, I just want to say, you know, during these hot, hot days, uh, especially the last couple weeks there, I don't know. I think it's going to cool down and be a little bit more normal now. But 
You know, pet appreciators, um, if you're ever worried about your pets getting enough water, obviously that's something to worry about. Um, one thing that I have found, and it's just a little tip, maybe it'll work for you, maybe you don't, you don't even like this tip, but um, but keep it in mind, pass it on if you have somebody else in that situation. But if you're worried that your dogs are not drinking enough water on a hot day, um, something that I've started doing um, a, a while ago, but but do it fairly often, is to just put take an ice cube tray, and I have a variety of sizes of different ice cube trays, you know, from really small um, you know, and little inserts to, to the regular size that you'd have in your normal refrigerator. But I often fill those up with water, obviously, and I'll put either f- fresh fruit or part of a treat in that and freeze it. doesn't take long. And, uh, you know, I kind of feed those to the dogs throughout the day sometimes, you know, on hot days, even if it's just kind of wetting their whistle and getting, you know, uh, a, a little bit in, you know, three or four of those regular ice cube things could, um, you know, and, and even putting some kibble in there or whatever, you know, could amount to an extra, depending on the size of your dog, half a cup to a cup to a cup and a half, you know, of water a day. So um, so just as a little tip, a little idea, um, and, and, the, and most of them just absolutely love it. They're curious about the scent, and the ice cubes are not that big that where they're not. And, and you know, if you do it on the inside, it tends to melt um, quite quickly, or outside in 90-degree weather, it tends to melt quite quickly. So, um, you know, it's not super, super hard for them to, to bite into. But um, I just wanted to throw that out. But we're getting closer to the time of the year where the blue-green algae uh, will be appearing, or, or maybe some of it has, and I wanted Dr. Nicole just to say a, a quick reminder about that. And then also, Dr. Nicole, a lot of the, um, not all, but some of the the popular lakes here in the cities, I'm thinking of Lake Calhoun, um, um, forgive me though, pet appreciators, maybe it's the name has been changed to Petamaka Sky, maybe, um, but whatever name that they'll e- eventually decide on, um, I think there's been some swimming restrictions because of E. coli. And I, I know it's not the only um, lake in the area. So I'm just wondering, Dr. Nicole, is if it's unsafe for adults, um, is it going to be unsafe for dogs too? If there's any restrictions in your local lakes or by the rivers or whatever for people, should we just automatically assume that there's a concern there for dogs? I think I would definitely. Um, I don't, I don't know that I've heard any warnings or anything like that related to dogs, but I certainly would treat them the same as I would, you know, for myself or any human, I would say that if it's not safe for people, it's not safe for them. Okay. All right. So they can contact, I think it's E. coli, um, engineer, do you, am I, have you heard anything about, am I saying that right? The name of the lake or the name of the bacteria? Bacteria. Is that what's in Calhoun? Yeah, I think it's Sky. Okay. All right. So can they can they catch that like a human could from that, Dr. Nicole? I would think so. I mean, we do see E. coli infections in, in animals um, pretty regularly, but um, we're generally seeing it, you know, in cases of where you've cultured urine from the bladder, you know, so that wouldn't be coming from something like that unless, you know, it's a female dog and they ended up getting like an ascending infection into their bladder. Um, but we all often will see it, you know, if they get an overgrowth of bacteria in their intestinal tract or, you know, maybe if they're drinking the water, I can, I can imagine that they could get some type of an E. coli infection as well. Okay. And then what are some tips and reminders here about the blue-green algae? Well, I would avoid it like the plague. If you see anything that looks if you're, if you're anywhere with your animal or your, your dog, let's be honest, cats, we don't take them swimming. If you're anywhere with your dog, you know, and the water is not just beautiful, fresh, flowing, like it looks clean, I just tell people to avoid it at all costs because I think the risk is too great. Um, some of these animals go into almost sudden death. I mean, it's, it's terrible. So um, I think avoiding any type of a water source that has kind of stagnant or standing water, any even film, like green or yellowish film on the surface of the water, um, you know, places where there's a bay or like a um, like a boat landings and things like that. I just, I would just avoid them. And then I think one precaution is if the water, even if the water looks clean and, you know, they've swam and they're fine, I still think it's a good idea to just spray them off or bathe them when they come out of those lakes, just because you never know what's in there. 
Right, exactly. Better to be safe than sorry, especially if you're up at a cabin and um, you're far away. You know, the dog starts to get have a reaction or get sick a few hours afterwards. And, you know, it's uh, very difficult to find a, a veterinarian open or something. So, yeah, better to be safe than sorry. You know, I also wanted to um, just ask real quick, um, you know, the a, a number of weeks ago, the warnings and concerns came out about the grain-free diets um, through the USDA website, and they listed all, you know, majority of the brands that they saw um, that was, you know, owners were using and dogs were being affected, et cetera, et cetera. Has there been any updates to that? I'm assuming most people are following that and veterinarians have been informing people. Have there been any sort of updates to that at all that maybe veterinarians would have just gotten from the USDA or or anything that um, you can add to that since then? There aren't any new updates that I've received, at least since the last um, statement came out from the FDA, um, where it had, you know, the, the bar charts and things like that, like kind of comparing which diets were being implicated and things like that. But, um, no, I think they're doing a really good job of informing the public because, you know, every day, multiple, well, every appointment, you know, we ask what the animals are eating and, you know, if they're on a grain-free diet, I always just explain that they can use caution and here's the handout. You know, it's just all day long. We're talking about it and the majority of people already know. So that that's comforting to me. I feel like they're doing a really good job um, of getting it out there. You know, we've shared it on our, our clinic Facebook, Facebook page. I think dog groups are sharing it, things like that. I just, yeah, I think, I think everyone is now well aware and knows what to look for look for, um, but I haven't heard any new updates as of yet. Okay. All right. And I was just curious, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, six to 12 months from now, if the spike in those issues related to grain-free diets, and again, I don't know if it's all of them or if it's just those certain brands that they found some commonalities in, um, but I'm just wondering if we'll see, start to see a decrease and, and um, yeah, I'm just wondering what kind of follow-up that will happen and that they'll follow through with. And yeah, it'll just be interesting to see if some of those issues with the dogs um, start to almost disappear. Right. I hope so. So sad. Yeah. When you feel like, you know, as a pet owner, you're trying to do the very, very best that you can. And, you know, you know, there's only so much research we can do. You rely a lot on just what is on the labels and marketing. And there's all kinds of wonderful, wonderful things all over the labels that you think, well, Everything seems covered, you know? <laughs> Everything seems right. just fine and normal and healthy. But anyways, we wish you a normal, healthy, and fun week, pet appreciators. Um, sometimes normal is the best, so uh, um, nothing too dramatic on either side. So we wish you a great week. Thanks for spending this Sunday with us, and take care. Enjoy your pets. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.